day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy day today. Welcome to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. in the Raiders mobile app. Raiders got a rare day off when they looked like they were having practice, and John Gruden called it off. A rare maintenance day, I guess, for all their good practices and all the work they've been putting in, all the hours they've been putting in. Doesn't seem to be that big of a deal from everybody who was down there, everybody who talked about it, everybody who made the effort to go to practice and then practice was not available and the media did not have a practice session to watch. But, hey, it's not an injury. It's not breaking news. It's not chaos. And the Raiders seem to be having an outstanding camp from all accounts, from the national media to the local media. So that's one of the biggest storylines of the day. We're brought to you by PT. Stop by any PT's Tavern to join the best rewards program in town. New True Rewards members receive $10 in free slot play when they earn 20 base points. Enjoy the best happy hour in town with 50% off drinks, 5 to 7 and midnight to 2 a.m. With over 60 locations, there's always a tavern near you. Visit PTstavern.com to find yours today. PTs, they fuel the monologue. What I planned on doing today, which is what I wanted to do here for a couple of days, is get into the Raiders' depth chart. I want to talk about the Raiders as they release their first depth chart And get an opinion from you on what you think we are looking at here with the starters. And the starters going forward and how important this is for competition. And what uh, the competition level will be at throughout the preseason. That's really important to me this year. Because once again the Raiders did not make the playoffs. And I think it's very important that the Raiders go out and participate in these preseason games. And prove that certain players can step up and play. Now, that is not my job. I'm not the coach here, but with the sports talk show here, a lot of fans want to talk about this and who is on the depth chart. Why is someone like Tanner Muse ascending? What does that mean about Nick Witkowski? You look on the defensive side, Damon Arnett is his best chance to play, is his best chance to play, most likely being a slot corner or can he compete for the cornerback position? Nicholas Morrow. And what's happening at the linebacker position. And then the addition of Gerald McCoy. And it's going to take Gerald McCoy, who was out last year with an injury, a while to get going, uh, to get back into game shape. And he seems to be in pretty good game shape. He seems to be in good shape. He knew he was trying to get back into the league and get a job. So he was working his ass off to get a job. And he got one with the Raiders. So you're assuming a six-time pro bowler who put up all the numbers that he's put up over the years is going to play. Because if you didn't bring, you know, if you're going to put him on the 53-man roster, he better be ready to go because he's keeping a job from someone else. And he's better than anybody that the Raiders have had at that defensive tackle position for quite some time. Bottom of this hour, Donald Penn will join us, former Raiders tackle. We'll talk to him about the challenges of playing on the offensive line and breaking in the new offensive line and what he knows about it. He was out here for Alumni Weekend. I know he spoke to Coach Gruden. And he spoke to some of the offensive linemen, so he's going to jump in. Hall of Famer James Lofton. As I told you, I spent a lot of time with James at the Hall of Fame. He's going to check in 
He's got a great gig at CBS, and we'll talk about some of his former teams, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, what he expects out of the Raiders. So James Lofton will join us here in a little bit, a little bit later on in the show. Tommy White from the local Laborers 872 as we head back into the stadium, and Tommy is sponsoring our show again for another year. We thank the laborers who built that stadium, 872. So Tommy White is going to jump in. And then one of the best sports talk hosts I know. You know I love putting sports radio hosts on the air because they're great as guests. Dave Softy Mahler from KJR in Seattle as we preview the Seahawks who are coming to town on Saturday. Speaking of Saturday, the Raiders now have the most expensive ticket, I think, in all, of all time in preseason football history according to StubHub and some of the sites that are out there. If you're going to the game, I would want to go to this game. You know, preseason football, I'm a proponent of. I like it. I think it's important. And the fact that it's on a Saturday night in Vegas and it's the first game ever with fans ahead of our Monday night football game that opens up the regular season and the fact that the Raiders only have one preseason game at home makes this a tough ticket. You know, you're not going to hear a lot from me over the years about people selling tickets and we all know what's going on behind the scenes if you're spending that type of money for a ticket from time to time you might sell a ticket to pay for some of your other tickets i'm not a big fan of that but again who cares what i think it's your money and i don't get in your wallet on any issue at all but you know i've always been a fan of selling your tickets to raider fans not selling your tickets to the opposition because that's how the trolls and the national media are going to jump on the raiders this year and years to come, if they see twenty or 30,000 fans coming in from another team and finding their way into Allegiant Stadium. I remind people this is Las Vegas. It's, in a, it's not Oakland. There's a lot more tourists coming to Las Vegas on the weekend and for a football game than would be in Oakland. And in Oakland, at times, you could get your hands on a ticket. You know someone who knows someone, you could get a ticket. You'd be amazed at how many people called me the week of games in Oakland. JT, can you help me out with a ticket? Yeah, if I can, I could. You know, I'll put it on my charge, and then you pay me back. I'll get you in the building if you can go. Just want to get in. You can walk around. You can go stand around. Stand in the black hole. Do what you want to do. That is not the case here. Okay, you just can't roll into the win club if you're going to buy a $20,000 table and you have the resources to do that. Go well ahead and do it. But if you're just going to show up and think you're going to roll into a Raider game, and wait outside and scalp some tickets, it's not going to work that way. Every ticket is accounted for. But I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like. There's been a lot of complaining about traffic and people getting in. Remember, there's a new staff over there of people, kids, young people who are ticket takers. They're scanning tickets. It's hot outside. If you're trying to figure out where your tailgate's going to be for the regular season, go knock yourself out. If you haven't walked over the Hacienda Bridge yet to see that, you might as well try. And as I've told everybody, and I'm not an expert on this, but I was at every game home and away last year in Allegiant. There was not a human being there, or just a few. So there was plenty of parking available. And this is not the type of community where you just circle around the stadium. The stadium is up against a freeway in Dean Martin. So once you get on that road, it just drives you to L.A. I don't know how you ever – anybody know how to get on and off of Dean Martin? I know how to get on Dean Martin. I don't know how to get off of it around the stadium like you can't get off of it so once you're on it you're toast you're done and you just can't circle around and hope that someone moves a cone for you and says hey i got the perfect parking spot for you you know 100 yards from the stadium i'm gonna give it to you for free or 20 bucks it's not gonna work that way people are buying parking passes for a reason 
because there's a lot of people out here with a lot of money, and they don't want to have to walk. So for everybody else, figure it out. It's going to take a couple of games to figure it out, and I hope a lot of people aren't complaining about it because we have the best stadium in all of football, and it's not in Inglewood. One of the things about the Chargers and the Rams is they play in Inglewood. Have you ever been to Inglewood? I have. It's not. A, I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I didn't enjoy my trips to Inglewood and where you could actually park. You could park in Inglewood right in someone's front yard. You might have to fight off a Doberman pincher or a pit bull, but you could get a pretty good spot and put out a card table and sit in someone's front yard. This is Las Vegas. It doesn't work that way. So this is a dress rehearsal on Saturday night, and everybody go a little bit early, figure it out, get in there, and have a great time because the Raiders are here in Vegas so people can have a great time. It's going to be more expensive. It's going to be tougher to park. It's going to be a little bit tougher to tailgate until you figure it out. But once you figure it out, you're going to have the time of your life here for the next 20, 30 years. As long as you're going to be here with us, you're going to have a fantastic time inside Allegiant Stadium. And the goal is to get inside Allegiant Stadium so you can listen to Eric Allen and myself on the pregame show and the postgame show, which we have exciting news on that and what we'll be doing at the M Resort and Spa coming up here in a little bit. So, again, let's jump into this depth chart, and I'd like to hear from some Raider fans today, if we could, about what you think is the most successful, uh, you know, the, the part of this depth chart that you think is most susceptible for someone to jump in and go from a third stringer or a second stringer to a starter. As the Raiders released this depth chart the other day, it's the unofficial depth chart. This is what they give to the media and for fans to look at and talk about on Sports Talk Radio, and I want to do that. So on the offensive side, the starters, Henry Ruggs III at wide receiver. No surprise there. Brian Edwards, wide receiver, and Hunter Renfro. Those are your three wide receivers. The offensive line, left tackle Colt Miller, left guard Richie Incognito, center Andre James, right guard Denzel Good, and right tackle Alex Leatherwood. Let me stop there for a second and talk about two players. First off, Andre James is supposed to be ready to go. But they brought in Nick Martin, who's played a lot of games in this league, as a backup center or a player that can play multiple positions on the offensive line. From all accounts, everybody is saying, from Tom Cable to other offensive players to offensive coaches, Andre James is ready to go. Is he going to be Rodney Hudson? No, especially not in the first year. But enough people thought highly enough of Andre James to say that he would have been a starter in this league. He would have been a starter on multiple other teams in the NFL, and now he gets his opportunity for the silver and black. Everybody should be behind this kid. Everybody should be pulling for him. He is at the base of the offensive line. He is going to have to help Derek Carr get the ball out. He is going to have to pick up blitzes, and he's going to have to play at a really physical rate to start to move that offensive line the way that Rodney Hudson was able to do. The other player is at right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. And I'll get into this with Donald Penn coming up at the bottom of the hour. Leatherwood was drafted high. Several people thought that Mike Mayock reached for him. Well, everybody in the organization said he's been nothing but great so far in the preseason. He is an old soul. He is a veteran from college. He's played in multiple big games, and he was drafted to start. I would have been really pissed off and disappointed if Leatherwood was not on the depth chart as the starter 
and they were talking about working him in. Because then why take him that high 17th overall if he wasn't ready to start on the first day? So this is something that we were expecting to see, and we see it. So any comments on that offensive line? Darren Waller looks to be healthy, working out on the side with trainers, doesn't seem to have a serious injury, hasn't been out practicing in a while, but we all know he should be 100% for the start of the season. He is the tight end. Foster Moreau is the backup, and Foster Moreau will be a starter in that two tight end set that Gruden likes to run when he power runs the ball behind his two tight ends. Then we move on to the quarterback, Derek Carr, which there's no surprise there. Our colleague Ed Graney wrote an outstanding article on the importance of Marcus Mariota and what Mariota is as the backup quarterback. The starting running back tailback is Josh Jacobs. No surprise there. Kenyon Drake will also be there. Kenyon Drake is someone that could spell Josh Jacobs and start, might even start a game. He could do it all. He's been able to do it in the past, but Josh Jacobs is the featured back. And Alec Ingold is your starting fullback. So as I look at the offensive line, there's really no surprises there. The player that I think has the ability to jump and potentially play and start would be Zay Jones over Brian Edwards if Zay Jones, who's having a really good camp, gets off to a faster start than Brian Edwards. All accounts is that Gruden loves Edwards. Uh, So does the offensive coaches. They want him out there because of his size and his strength. So I like the depth that they have at wide receiver. I think it makes a lot of sense. Also, keep in mind, uh, John Simpson on the offensive line is someone that could start ahead of Denzel Good by the start of the season. That's a phone call I'm looking forward to today. Who do you got? Who do you got, Denzel Good or John Simpson? Who do you want to see on the starting offensive line? Who has a chance to lose their job? We'll get into that at 702-365-9200. The fullback is Alec Ingold. We know he could do everything. We're fine with him there. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball as we open up the show and we break down the Raiders' depth chart. And we start off at defensive end with Yannick Ngakwe. No surprise there. He was brought in as a free agent. The other defensive end starter in the depth chart is Max Crosby. I got that right. I'm a Max guy. I think Max is better than Cleland Farrell, even though Cleland Farrell might have more talent and was drafted much higher. Max Crosby deserves to be the starting defensive end. In the interior, this is where it gets interesting. The Raiders have in their depth chart Jonathan Hankins, who seems to be solidified as the nose tackle, along with Quinton Jefferson at defensive tackle, who's having a really good camp, or Solomon Thomas, or Darius Phylon. And now Gerald McCoy comes in and takes away the starting position from one of those guys. So Hankins could be there, and McCoy, if they're going to have four up front, McCoy could be up there to give Jonathan Hankins some rest. But we understand this is now a strength of the team, which I'm really excited about. Gus Bradley will use a rotation to keep the interior defensive line fresh so they have some juice in the fourth quarter where this team traditionally breaks down over the last couple of years because they don't have strength, they don't have the cardio, they are not in the shape that they need to be, and they're on the field too long. So I think Gerald McCoy is the player that I want to talk about. And who's going to lose more reps? Is it going to be Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, or Darius Phylon? They all seem to be working their ass off in a big way. And then that leads us to Cleland Farrell. What are we going to do about Cleveland? What is, what is his role going forward? 
I sense that everybody's beating around the bush on this topic, that people want to give him an opportunity to play as much as he can on the interior or off the edge, which is a nice way of saying he's not a starter. He can play both positions, but we don't think he's good enough to start. I know from being in a few practices and talking to people in the know that they are working him hard physically and mentally to try to get him to elevate his game to the next level. It looked like he did that by putting on strength and muscle mass in the offseason, and he looks like he's up for the challenge. It'll be easy for me to see and for you to see on Raider Nation Radio if Cleland Farrell goes the other way this year because he's pissed off that he doesn't play enough and he becomes a guy who I don't expect him to come. He becomes a distraction. Cleland Farrell here is a big boy, and he understands that he's not a starter. He's not projected to play every play. He can do one of two things. He could be upset about it and whine about it, which I don't think he'll do, or he'll elevate his game and get to the point where he is forcing someone to sit down as he becomes the starter. We move to the linebackers, and I think it is a surprise that Tanner Muse steps up in front of Nick Witkowski. Tanner Muse becomes a starter. Sam linebacker, and I think he deserves an opportunity for what everybody says he's been working on coming off his injury. He's explosive on the outside. He can run with tight ends. He can rush the quarterback, but most importantly, all I care about, all I care about is can he tackle in space. That's all I care about with any of these linebackers. Can they tackle in space, which means as they're pursuing the football, can they get to the football quickly without the help of two or three others and get someone on the ground? I think that Tanner Muse does that because he's faster than Kwiatkowski, and he's proven that he's just a little bit more of a burst guy, so he gets the opportunity on the first depth chart. Nicholas Morrow, man, I tell you, people around the league are talking about him potentially being a defensive captain, really a cornerstone for the Raiders. I got that wrong. I just thought he was one of the guys last year, and he played better and better and better. But he played on one of the worst defenses in football, and he was able to pop and shine a little bit because the defense couldn't get off the field, and he made a couple of plays. Will he be more of a dominant player this year on an improved defense? We need to find out. Corey Littleton has been given every opportunity to remain a starter on this team. If Corey Littleton did not play for the Las Vegas Raiders and he played on another team, he might not be a starter. He would be a backup. Fortunately for Corey Littleton, he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders are trying to find a way to develop linebackers finally who can make plays and be different makers. This is it for Corey Littleton. This is his last shot with this organization. Last year, he played at a subpar level. He knows it. You know it. Everybody talked about it. Now he has a fresh start again under Gus Bradley, and everything seems to be going well. What's your opinion on those linebackers and the depth chart and where you stand with Tanner Muse and Kwiatkowski as being the long-term starter there? And then we move to the secondary of the Raiders and their depth chart, which it's been very, it's been very disappointing the secondary as they're trying to bring in players and get it right because they haven't been able to get it right. Trayvon Mullen is your starter at left cornerback, and I think he deserves it. He's athletic. He's made plays in this league. He's reliable. He plays hurt. He could be a ball hawk, and he can make plays. The opposite cornerback will be Casey Hayward because he's just a two-time pro bowler. He knows Gus Bradley's system, 
He's better physically and mentally than Damon Arnett. Where would the team be with Casey Hayward, not, with not having Casey Hayward, forcing Arnett to learn on the fly again? Also, Nevin Lawson shows up on the depth chart at cornerback, assuming, obviously, slot cornerback. And that brings us to Nate Hobbs, who I would give Nate Hobbs the opportunity over Nevin Lawson because I've seen enough of Nevin Lawson and I've seen enough of Amik Robertson so far where I both categorize those players as disappointments in the silver and black, but with the opportunity to elevate their game to the next level and prove me wrong. Nate Hobbs comes in, flashing in camp, super athletic, understanding the positions that he has to play. So Mullen, Hayward, Lawson. I think it should be Mullen, Hayward, Hobbs. Or Arnett, if Arnett in the three preseason games, as much as he plays, and you better play Arnett in the preseason because he's got to get some reps. He's got to prove that he can play. He didn't play much last year. So the cornerbacks, I think, are vastly improved because the Ron Miles, the new coach, Gus Bradley in the system, and thank God Casey Hayward was brought in, and Nate Hobbs was drafted, and that's turning out to be, I think, a really good draft pick. And then we go to the safety position as we open up the show. Trayvon Merrig, the free safety who comes in, has had an outstanding camp. Everybody expects him to start and play well. Play well, has to. Maybe the most pressured position on this team goes to a rookie out of TCU. Trayvon Merrig, we have no choice this kid has to pop. We cannot wait. We don't have time. He has got to play well as Mahomes and Herbert are going to fake, fake a short route, and they are going to attack deep downfield thinking if they can catch this kid sleeping. And finally, that brings us to Jonathan Abram. And the same thing I said about Corey, um, the same thing I said about Corey Littleton, I'll say about Jonathan Abram. This is it. This is not a camp. This is not a place anymore where selfies, Instagram, you're Jonathan Abram, a player I like. I back that pick. He's got to pop and stay on the field. If not, Carl Joseph has a proven track record in this league, and Carl Joseph will be the starter if Jonathan Abram can't do it in the first couple of games against the likes of two quarterbacks, one a Hall of Famer in Ben Roethlisberger, who likes to throw deep downfield, and Lamar Jackson, who can run, and Abram's going to have to get in the box and tackle him in open space. So that's where I see it here. My opinions on what I see with the depth chart. Who are you moving into the starting role? Who are you moving out of the starting role? Or as we said, who do you think really needs to step up and do something? 888-623-3646. As we open up the show. No need to give out the number if no one's calling, Bobby. So let's just go. I'll, I'll go 25 minutes a pop. We got James Loft and Donald Penn on here. I'm trying to get people on the radio to analyze this depth chart and get people fired up as we got a game on Saturday. The Seattle Seahawks are in town, 702-365-9200. When we come back, Donald Penn, very good offensive tackle in this league for many years. He'll join us, talk about the depth chart and what he thinks needs to happen playing for Tom Cable and what it's going to take for John Gruden. Is it going to be a running team with this offensive line, or will they throw more? Donald Penn will join us. Tommy White from the 872 Laborers, Hall of Famer James Lofton, and Dave Softy Mahler. That's all I can do. JT the Brick. 
before you can lead, you have to follow. So, you know, a vet come in or a vet's on teams. If you give a scout team look, you don't expect the vet to be the guy to give the look, right? You expect the young guys to give the looks, move the bags, do all that. What I try to do is be the guy who's moving the bags, be the guy who's giving the look. Because if the young guys can see, man, this vet, he's been in the league all these years, made all these Pro Bowls, this, he's still giving a look. He's still trying to help guys. Why can't I do it? And that's how you come together as a team. That's how you grow as a unit when your leaders are showing how to be a great follower before they leave. And then the young guys, they just come along, and that's how you build a team. Well, you talk about a guy who won the press conference. I love that term. Usually it's a coach, but Gerald McCoy yesterday was fantastic, talking about mentoring, leading, and what he can do to help out. JT, back with you as we're brought to you by our good friends at Modelo. Uh, you look at Modelo, the bucket of Modelo's coming up on Friday, going into a game on Saturday. The cerveza of this radio show, Modelo, as we begin. Donald Penn will join us here in a few moments. Looking forward to that. You want to get through 702-365-9200. Javier in Denver on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening? Oh, man. Uh, you sound pissed off today, JT, with the roster. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm good with the roster. Uh, I'm, let me let me clarify that. I you know I can't do a radio show and and fluff this roster on a non-playoff team and say you know it's a great roster, but but it's vastly improved with Gus Bradley and the players they brought in. I just think there's there's one or two spots that are open for debate. How do you see it? I'm with you on the Jonathan Abram and uh, Kaleem Farrell. Um, they have to step up. Uh, it's their year. Um, they all said that this is their year to show up, and it's unfortunate that it looks like they might be even beat out in their positions. So that's me hearing you and your tone, and, you know, I listen online. So mm-hmm. here in Denver, everyone's excited uh, with their defense, mm-hmm. while on our side we still have a, a bunch of holes. So it's a little depressing. But, you know, at least we don't have a quarterback controversy like they do here in Denver. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, appreciate the call. The Raiders don't have a quarterback controversy. I think the Raiders have a better roster uh, than Denver, top to bottom. I just think Denver has a better defense with Vic Fangio, and they've proved that with Von Miller over the years. And they're going to have to step up and and play. The Raiders' defense is going to have to prove to everybody else. They're going to have to prove that this defense is a top-20 defense. That's it. They just can't be 28, 30, 31, and they shouldn't be. They have unbelievable coaching. I mean, this Raider defensive staff is loaded. From Rod Marinelli up front to Ron Malias on the back end and a former head coach in Gus Bradley. And they have depth on the defensive line. They brought in Casey Hayward, a pro bowler. They drafted Trayvon Merrig to be a starter. And I think they have good players. But, you know, they cannot take a step backwards. We saw players last year, especially Littleton, Abram, who had the excuse with COVID and the injury, the players have to live up to the hype. And then everybody else just has to get better. And that would be a topic that I would throw out to everybody today too, which would be, you know, who is going to play at a higher level? Who is going to be the player that is going to play at a higher level that's forced to or they're going to lose their job? This guy was in a position to win his job, and he did it as good as anybody. Former three-time Pro Bowler, offensive tackle, friend of the show, friend of the Raiders. Just saw him during Alumni Weekend. Great to welcome in Donald Penn. Donald, JT, thanks for doing this. How are you, my friend? 
JT, my boy, how you doing? Thanks for having me, JT. I appreciate it. Really thrilled we can have you. We're talking about the depth chart, and you know this. When a team puts out the first depth chart, it's unofficial. You were typically a starter when you had to compete at the back end of your career. Where were, where were you at at the end of your career when you were looking at the first preseason game and you wanted to prove to your coaches that you had juice left and you were ready for a big year? How much pressure is it when you get to the preseason games when you're in the middle of camp? Well, you know, when I went to um... – when I went to Washington, you know, I was in that predicament because I was a new face leaving the Raiders. I came off that injury. You know, I tore my groin. And I said mm-hmm. I, I couldn't come back the rest of that year. So coming off Washington, they put me through a workout. Um, when I first got there, I hadn't did a workout in years, JT. It was crazy. They tried to kill me. I was like, do you guys really want me or not? So, but during when I got there to that training camp, you know, they, they started me off on I, my first day of practice. I went to third team. JT, you know, I've never been with a third team since probably my first year in the league, you know? So that mm-hmm. was real different, you know, coming from, you know, being a starter 13 years in a row to, you know, going to a team, new team, and you're you're, you're starting off the, the third team for like the first week, second week, they start moving me up. And then, you know, I'm, I'm in the preseason game, and I'm playing into the fourth quarter of the first preseason game. I haven't done that in years. So, you know, I kind of took that as, okay, they must be trying to test me or they want me to show them a little more. So, you know, during practice, I just started going hard. Just start, uh, you know, you know, not, not letting them have it. Um, taking, taking, not, not taking it easy. You know, I started being, being an old Donald. I started being a little dickhead. You know, practice hitting people harder. You know, because by my older years, you know, practice was just to get ready for the games. But I had to turn it up mm-hmm. and and practice like I was a young guy and watched in the show. Them. And then, you know, by week three, guess what? I was in the starting lineup, <laughs> a preseason. You know, getting ready for the season. But the first two weeks, I had to really get there and re- and. and, and rethinking and getting back grinding like I was a young guy when I first got the league. Donald Penn joins us. Yeah, that's what I'm fascinated and really looking forward to talking to you about this offensive line because we know what Colton Miller can do. And Richie Incognito coming off the injury, he looks great. You don't want to wear Richie out in the preseason, let alone these preseason games. But, Donald, you got to get working at Andre James. He's taking over for Hudson. And then you look at Denzel Good and John Simpson. they got to prove that they can play and get reps in. And then Alex Leatherwood, who was the first-round pick at right tackle, a position that you know well, both sides, both tackles. I mean, you don't want to wear this guy out in a 17-game season and have him play a lot, but he's got to get reps coming in. So what do you think Cable and Gruden are thinking on some veterans maybe not playing that much but getting some of these new players some playing time in the preseason? JT, I went to all the names you named except for the rookie. That rookie young, he in his 20s. He, he can do as much as he needs to. He needs to yep. be out there every rep. He needs to be out there playing every every quarter of the game because he's going to be blocking DC's, you know, right side. I think the more reps he gets, the better it's going to be for him. I understand you resting the other guys, but that young guy, he's still young. He, you can rest him next year or the year after that. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? We got to get him ready because you got to look at this NFC West. Who he's going to be going up against? He's going to be going against the Von Millers, you know, the Joy Bosa's. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So we got to make sure he's ready. But yeah, you definitely got to rest the other guys. You know, Richie's Richie's an old guy. Richie knows how to take care of his body. I think Cable really does have a good plan. And him and Gruen, they, they do uh, come in with a good plan when it comes to the rest of their players. They definitely did it with me. You know, but you have to get them ready and you have to be smart because this is going to be new. I don't even know what to expect. So I never played a 17 game season myself. So I don't know what to expect. So everything's going to be new for all these guys. So, you know, it's probably going to be, you know, a lot, lot less preseason, maybe a little bit more of that third game of preseason. But during the season, you know, I'm. I'm you're probably not going to see Richie Fraction on Wednesdays. You're probably not going to see Waller out there on Wednesdays. 
You know, you know, DC loves to practice. You, you got to force DC to take a day off. So you probably see him every day. But you know, I think Coach Miller, he he knows the grind. He he when he was young, he was following me around, following Rodney around, following Gabe around. So I think Coach knows how to take care of his body. He saw us do it, and I, I think he's done a great job. Even when he was uh, bummed up. Uh, last year with that injury, he was able to fight through and keep playing through it. So I think Coleman has a good hold of everything with the rest of his body taking care of him. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be tough. I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised to see because this is my first time seeing the 17 game season too. So it's going to be interesting. But, you know, it's going to be a lot less practice uh, during the week, I think. And they're probably going to go a lot, lot less full padded days too. I don't think Groom will use up all his full padded days this year. Donald Penn joins us, former three-time Pro Bowler. Raider great and a great teammate here, a good insider that we'll be leaning on this year. All right, so here's the big one with Gruden. So you got Gruden with the two tight end sets. So you're Donald Penn and you're a starter and you're a pro bowler and you know that you got this new explosive offense, Edwards, Ruggs, Renfro. Your Ruggs is going to wake up this year and have a big year. So you know D.C. can throw it. He's in year four, but Donald Grew loves to run it. He loves you two tackles. He wants two tight ends on the side he is. He wants a fullback, and he wants to run it downhill. How does he evolve with his offense and attack more downfield, or do you sense with the pieces he have, he's going to want to run the hell out of the ball? Oh, you got to understand, Groom's a mad man. He loves one thing. Groom, hey, JT, let me tell you one thing about Groom. You know, when I first got in the league with him in Tampa, we had a guy named Joey Galloway. The speeder. And we used to pound the ball. Pound the ball. We had Cadillac Williams. We had Ernest Grant. We pound the ball. But do you know how many play actions Gruden had up his sleeves that right. we used to bring out and bring Joey off the bench just to run the freaking string? I remember Joey. Joey used to come in there. He'd be like, y'all tired? All right. Y'all about to get a break. We'll call the play action Joey's touchdown. He'll come back. Told y'all. Oh, he's going to have some plays up his sleeves. Don't worry. He's going to have a great mixture a play action down the field, play action in the middle of the field, and he's going to keep him surprised. So you know how he likes to move the chains. He's going to have some play actions just to keep the defense surprised. It's going to give us five, six yards just to keep the chains moving, you know, in the early down. Mm-hmm. Gruen's going to do a great job of mixing it up. But I tell you, Gruen's at his best when the run game works because then he can open up his whole playbook. I'm telling you, if they get that run game going and just a little bit of help from that defense, them Raiders, we're going to be trouble this year. Donald Penn, as we wrap it up. So, Donald, inside the 10 – you got Marcus Mariota and a bunch of fans saying, are they going to put in a NASCAR package for him? Are they going to give him some plays? You know Derek doesn't want to come off the field. You know that as good as anybody. So what do you think Derek has to do this year outside the pocket on first and second down so he's not in obvious passing predicaments on third and goal? What do you want to see Derek improve on? You know, you know, the surprising thing a lot of people don't know, Derek is freaking fast. He's very fast. A lot of people don't know that Derek has some speed. I remember when he was younger, him and Khalil Mack used to always race in practice. Or, you know, when, when Derek does a little rollout, you know, he'll throw the ball, but him and Khalil will keep running another 10 yards and see who's going to make it to the to the uh, line first. But Derek has a lot of speed. But one thing that kept Derek injury-free, though, he's smart. He knows how to slide. He knows when to run and when not to. So, But like you said, he does not like coming off the field. Uh, but I think he – you know, Derek's older now. He's got a couple of rushing touchdowns. I think he, he won't mind sharing this year as long as it's better for the team. That's one thing about Derek. He's always for the better of the team. So I don't think he, he, he won't mind sharing just a little bit, as long as just a little bit with Mariota. You got it, my friend. Great hit. Good to talk to you. We'll do it much more often. Great seeing you. 
up at the torch uh, for the alumni. I just got back from the Hall of Fame at Sea Wood and Tom Flores. It's a good time to be an alumni Raider, isn't it? Oh, it's great, man. And you know how you guys talk about the alumni, and I always heard about it, but I mean, I just retired, and they're already inviting me and stuff. And that event we were at was so awesome, so great. Like Mr. Davis, he really does mean it when he says, "Once a Raider, always a Raider." And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with my own eyes. Five Talk to you soon. We'll have you on again. Thanks for doing this, Donald. All right. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you. You got it, Donald Penn coming in. Good information there. As a veteran, try, having to practice, work out, having to work out for the Redskins and make the team, and then becoming nastier and nastier. You know, Richie doesn't have to become incognito nastier. We know what he can do. But aren't you all Raider fans fascinated about how many reps the O-line's going to get? You open it up against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Two of the nastiest franchises of your life. Pittsburgh from the beginning and Baltimore the last 20 years. You tell me a better defensive scheme than Wink Martindale's Baltimore Ravens as they come after you. The offensive line's got to be ready to go. I just have no idea who's going to play and how they're going to work those reps in the preseason. No idea. I think Gruden and Cable are keeping it close to the vest, and they should. A Maui Raider on the show. What's happening, Maui Raider? What's happening? Hey, JT, how's it going today? Doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, you're talking about the depth chart, and I guess my uh, my concern is a couple of things. Uh, definitely Abram out there. He's got something to prove. With, like, it's like beating the dead horse, but it's mm. it's scary. Um, him in the box help out, helps out a little bit, but that's a concerning person doing the lineup. And I'm sure Gus and, and, uh, and uh, Coach have a plan in case that doesn't mm. work out. And my other concern is uh, is a young kid uh, – Linebacker, I forget his name right now, uh, starting over Kwiatkowski. Uh, a little scary, and I would love to see K.J. Wright come back and give that veteran presence and let him, I yeah. don't know, mid, maybe midway through the season, uh, start getting more reps. But that's the those are two spots that are my concern when I look at that depth chart. Yeah, well, Tanner Muse was drafted decently high, thanks for the call, to play in this league. And he, he's a guy who's proven so far that he could be number one in this depth chart. He could be a starter at the linebacker position. But we got to see what he does in open space and how he moves sideline to sideline in the preseason. There's a guy I promise you're going to see play a lot. It's Tanner Muse because they got to see what he can do coming off the injury. Good start to the show. Thanks again to Donald Penn. Hall of Famer James Lofton next hour will join us. Also Dave Softy Mahler. No one better to break down the Seahawks. Seahawks got a couple of contract issues that are really important. When we come back, Tommy White built the stadium with the 872 Laborers. He's partnering with the show this year. Thrilled to talk to him. We're brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence by raising your cocktail game. Whenever I talk X's and O's with Donald Penn, I have a Remy Martin cocktail in my hand. Remy Martin, team up for excellence on Raider Nation Radio. You know, you have to find out the right number to play those guys so they're together in the game, they communicate. You know, Colton and Richie can share with Denzel and Alex what they're dealing with when the tight end's with them when he's not. Uh, the center seeing the different blitz patterns, uh, three down, four down, nickel. Um, all those things are really important. So we'll find out as we go forward, you know, what we think they need in terms of reps, and then we'll go for it. Tom Cable answering our question about where we're going to see the offensive line and 
what we can see in the preseason. Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility in Area 15. Eight simulators giving you access to play the world's best golf courses. I will be there this Friday enjoying drinks, food, and fun. League play starts Monday, August 16th. Five Iron Golf, tell them JT sent you to get $100 off. Mikey in Staten, Italy. Go ahead, Mikey, what's happening? Hey, JT, good morning. Hey, listen, you know early in the in his career, Carter, not what was him, he would avoid contact and he would throw the ball away even on a fourth and four to avoid the interception. I think he's matured so much under Gruden that I don't think he has an ego anymore that if we need to bring in Mariotta in, on, in the goal line situations, I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal. But, JT, the most important person on the offense, for, other than Carr, of course, is our tight end. Hasn't practiced for eight days. Is there anything there we have to worry about? No. From what I've heard, f- from what we've heard from the insiders who are there at practice, Waller's ready to go. And uh, when the Raiders have a full announcement on when he's coming back to practice, which should be any day here, uh, they're saying that this is not a big deal. Mikey got a run, got a guest here. But, yeah, when you haven't had a guy in a practice field for this long, it's a little bit concerning here, especially Waller is the best offensive player along with Carr on the team. Tommy White joins us again this year from the 872 Laborers. We are honored to have this incredible group committed to excellence after building the stadium and everything they build in our community to join us as an elite sponsor on the show. And, Tommy, we're finally going in there as fans, and you're a big part of it. How excited should we be walking into the game to see real football in Allegiant Stadium? You know, JT, being out there and watching the uh, practice team the other day is just kind of – just gives you a little tiny feeling of what it's going to feel like with the fans in there. And I'm really looking forward to Saturday. I'm really looking forward to doing the ribbon cutting and seeing all, all the Raiders fans coming from all over the place. I met so many fans uh, during the practice from all over the United States, some from different parts of the world. Um, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great thing for all of Las Vegas. Hey, Tommy, a lot of people are asking me, and from Garth Brooks to this first game, about the acoustics and the sound. When you were behind the scenes building the stadium, what was the upside when it came to football for capturing the sound in this dome stadium with that special roof and how loud it could be? I I think just just based on how they have their sound system facing the the field, um, you know, listening to a concert and listening to – stadium filled of, of Raider fans is going to be a lot different. Um, I was there for Garth Brooks concert. I heard the sound. I was there for Linium. I heard his sound. Um, it's, I, I, I just really feel that hearing from the fans and listening to the crowd cheer is going to be unlike any concert you'll ever see or hear at the stadium. And, and the acoustics is just unbelievable. Tommy White, 872 laborers when you were building this stadium, too, when you thought about the Hacienda Bridge and the uh, ability to get fans in there. That's a big thing now. And you know, you know me, Tommy, we've known each other for years. I'm not much yeah. into complaining. When you got something that's $2 billion and it's the jewel of the NFL, I think people want to get in there and have fun. Just get there early, prepare. The first couple of months, first couple of games, it might be different. People aren't aware of their parking pass, where it is, where they want to park, and you know, just get there earlier. And the people that walk over the Hacienda Bridge, it seems to be the way to walk in if you're parking on the casino corridor. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a, there's a whole big uh, crowd that 
know, it's going to take a few months for everybody to get where their gate, what they should be going in, where they should be going. If they're parking close to the stadium, if they're parking at the stadium, just pay attention to your gate. And if you know where your gate is, it'll be much easier for you to get your parking done. Um, I found that out at the at, at the last uh, practice game. I knew where my gate was. I knew where I was going to park, and I got in and out one, two, three. Um, I think it's going to take a little time uh, for the fans to adjust. That you got to stay on the sidewalk. You just can't be walking out in the middle of the street uh, while cars mm-hmm. are coming by uh, or walking through the parking lots. Um, and I think that's going to happen with any stadium. So in, until uh, the fans, if you're going to concerts there, if you're going to uh, Rangers football games there, until everybody adjusts and actually knows where they're going when they get there, it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't really think there's that much of a parking issue. I think it's more of a, a, more of a pedestrian issue. Right. Uh, when when – when, you know, the fans want to get into the stadium and they're going to get in there no matter how they try. And and um, if we could just kind of keep everybody, we're all going to get in, we're all going to get in on time, we're all going to be safe. We just got to kind of pay attention from where we're parking and the gate we're going in. Hey, Tommy, you nailed one thing, and I said this to my wife. My sons went to the soccer game. Everybody should be smart enough to look at their tickets and know what gate they're supposed to go into. I grew up in the era Yankee Stadium, and where I grew up way. You get a ticket, you go in any gate, and you find your seat. But it doesn't work that way in the modern era now. By alleviating all of the traffic, you got to go to where you're supposed to go to get in so there isn't a backlog. And I think that's the most important takeaway I'm getting from our conversation today. Show up where you're supposed to show up, and it's going to help the ticket takers, the scanners, and everybody do their job easier. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've seen that for the past three events that I was there is you know, everybody just wants to get into the stadium. You know, once you get in, you can go anywhere you want. Um, but you want to get to where your seats are first. And just pay attention to what your your gate is and uh, go in at your gate. Don't try to get into the VIP gate. Don't try to get into the, uh, you know, on, on the D gate. Uh, um, just pay attention to your gate. Get into the stadium. Once you're in the stadium, go where you got to go. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I've seen was, Fans, pedestrians just wanting to get in. I get it. It's hot out. We're, we're in the hottest months right now. But all that you're going to see slowly now over the next few weeks, next few months, as fans get in there, they're all going to know where they're going. They're all going to know where their seats are. And you're going to see, see it's going to become a lot easier to enjoy that stadium. Thank you, Tommy. We'll talk to you. See you Saturday. And throughout the year, we're going to pick Tommy's joint. We're going to pick the spot that you're going to showcase every other week there so we can find a new spot inside the stadium to meet up. Thank you. I appreciate that, JT. Go right you, got it, but you got it. Tommy White, who is fantastic here in town. Appreciate him that he is a sponsor of this show. The 872 laborers, the men and women who built that stadium. And they built it safely. And they built it on time. And they built it on budget. Go ask that. Go ask that to the crew who worked out there in Inglewood. And did that over at the Charger Stadium. Oh, oh, I forgot. It's not the Charger Stadium. It's the Rams Stadium that the Chargers play in. Can you imagine if the Raiders had to do that? Oh, my God, how lucky. How fortunate that Carson didn't happen. Oh, my God, how fortunate that we have a Legion Stadium. And for those who are trying to figure out the uh, traffic and the issues there, get ahead of it. 
get ahead of it, no doubt about it. It is not going to be perfect or easy right out of the gate. Uh, taking the buses right to the on the strip, right to the Hacienda Bridge, and walking over with all the fun activities they're going to have there seems like a great time. But the goal is to get inside, especially during this heat, unless you're at a tremendous Raider tailgate that has ample shade and the ability to kick back and have fun. 702-365-9200, hour number two, James Lofton, Hall of Famer, after our trip coming off Canton, Ohio, and Dave Softy Mahler, one of my favorites. Softy will break down the Seahawks. What do the Raiders have? I got to get ready for this pregame show with Eric Allen. Got to do some homework here and find out about the Seahawks when we continue on Raider Nation Radio.